So I'm not here to recruit this morning. I think I came, I came to give a, a pep talk to the, to the troops. Because if you're sitting here, you understand the battlefield in which we are, in which, which we find ourselves. And the first task of an army is to find, know, and never lose the enemy. And I believe that God has made things a little easier for us because he has identified our enemy. Our enemy has been identified. Don't believe me? Go take a look at Ephesians 6.12. Ephesians 6.12, and I, I, I really like that text. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So that is our enemy. And so I remember when I, about a little over 10 years ago, when I first uh, went into the army as a chaplain, I remember as I was going through a chaplain, chaplain basic course, at uh, Fort Jackson, South Carolina, that one of our instructors pulled us aside, you know, one of those times in which it's kind of like a take a knee, all right, let's just talk about things. And, and as he's talking through some of the lessons of the day, he brought up a point that at that, that point has stuck with me forever. And if you remember about 10 years ago, we were right that in the middle of the search and when I say the search, I'm talking about the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan where the numbers were being ramped up in order to be able to have the, the, the strategy of coin be more effective. So I came in during that time and, and our instructor sat us down and he said, guys, there were no girls. <laughs> he said, guys, he says, one thing you need to understand is that once you come in the army and you go on moving forward, is that you have to be fit for battle. Fit for battle. What does that mean? And see, he went to elaborate. He says, if you are fit, if you have a certain level of fitness, that means that your level, your capacity of surviving the battlefield increases. It's what the army talks about, battlefield survivability. And so he kept going on and on about, you know, now it's not just a race, just you can pass the APFD. It's not just, you know, just doing exercising so you can just have fun. He says it has to become a lifestyle. And, of course, you know, I don't, I don't know how many of you are into fitness, but if you, ask, if you ask anybody who's into fitness to give you a recommendation of what to do, I mean, they'll, they'll give you all kinds of recommendations, you know. I have some of those friends. I mean, they come alongside, and they're like, oh, man, no, you got to do, you know, 100 push-ups. You know, you got to have, like, three sets of those a day. I mean, and some of the friends, you know, they, they come up and say, you got to do some burpees, which I hate. Any, any crossfitters in, uh, in our midst? You know what I'm talking about, right? Or you got to do some suicide push-ups, you know, or you got to run, you know, so many miles times uh, however many days, you know. I mean, there's so many recommendations out there, you know. You, you got recommendations by, by gender, by body style, by uh, how much you eat, you know. I mean, it's just endless. But for our spiritual battle, in order for us to be spiritually fit, what do you think would it take to be spiritually fit for the battle? In Ephesians, we know that the Apostle Paul goes on into, you need to wear the armor of God, right? I'm not going to talk about wearing the armor of God, 
Because if you ever have done armor or body armor, you realize that if you're not fit to move with that armor, you're not going anywhere. In fact, I remember the first time in my first deployment, um, I, was, I got stationed in Oklahoma, Fort C, Oklahoma, and we had a unit and we, I came in with orders for immediate deployment uh, back in 2008. And, and I was training, you know, and of course, I went through CIF and I got all these uh, equipment. You know, the Army's giving me all this equipment. You know, we want you to be well equipped so when you go into, into the battle, you, you'll be okay. And I, I got my, my, my body armor and I was so excited about it. Oh, this is kind of cool, you know. And so I put it on. I look like a superhero, you know. And, and I'm walking around going like, oh, man, this is kind of heavy, you know. Because you got plates all over the place and all that stuff. And it, it is heavy. And so you have to condition your body to do that. And so I'm running every day. You know, I came into the Army. I was, uh, at that time, I was the youth pastor at Markham Woods when I went into the Army. Uh, and so, you know, I was just hanging out with the kids back then. I mean, it was nothing but, you know, root beer floats and, and donuts. I mean, that, that was my diet. And so I come into the Army, and of course, I mean, I can't hardly move with this thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm out there, you know, running, and, and I'm at Fort Seal, Oklahoma, and I'm running, you know, in that heat. And you have to start running real early because otherwise it gets really hot. And so I'm running, and one day, you know, I'm going, and I think I'm doing pretty good, Ronald. I think I'm doing pretty good. And next thing you know, I'm coming up to a hill, and here's a lady pushing a stroller, with not just one, but two kids. And I'm running and I'm, I'm huffing and puffing. I'm looking down and this stroller passes me by. And she had probably like, a, I don't know, he must have been like two or three years old. You know, this little rascal is just hanging over on the, on, on the stroller and he's just waving at me. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to up the game. So what does it take? And so I believe that if we were to ask Jesus, hey Jesus, what do you think will be a good fitness plan for us to be fit for the battlefield? I think he has a really good recommendation for us. Let us turn to the book of uh, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 25. Luke chapter 9, 23 and 25. And so this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's explaining to them that, that he must suffer, that he's going to be sacrificed for them in, in, in a while, that, that eventually he's going to go up and die for them. And, and so the disciples, I think, are, are a little confused. But Jesus goes on, and, and he's just talking to them. I, I think he was just, just really dumping all this knowledge on them. And so he says, he says, then he said to them, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What good it is for a man to gain the whole world and yet to lose or forfeit his very self. And so the strategy, I think, it spells fit, F-I-T. And I think Jesus is talking about being fit takes three things. 
And he says, if anyone comes after me, that's the, that, that, that's the, the, the number one thing. He says, if anyone comes after me, you know, like, like Hattie did this morning, I mean, she came after Jesus. Amen? And we rejoice for that. And so one thing that, that, that now as a, as a newborn Christian, one thing that she needs to understand is that, hey, she needs to get fit for the battlefield. And so coming after Jesus, the, one, the first thing is he must deny himself to be fit. The F in fit is need to be faithful. Need to be faithful. And denying ourselves for Jesus is... Sometimes when we take an oath or, 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 or we, we, we take a pledge or, or, or we have a plan, you know, like if we're going to, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take on this diet. And sometimes we go over there, right, and everybody heard, you know, cheat days, right? We know what cheating means, right? It means that you're not being faithful. You're not being faithful to your, your promise, he says, okay, you know, I, I, I pledge that I'm going to give up Krispy Kreme for six months. And then you drive past the Krispy Kreme and the red light is on. <laughs> I mean, once upon, when I was in college, I had, a, I had a rule that if I ever drove past a Krispy Kreme and the light was on, I had to stop and get at least a don- dozen of donuts. And I say at least because I'm, I'm known to buy three, so... I mean, it is, it is bad. <laughs> I love Krispy Kremes, you know? And so you eat a Krispy Kreme, and that means that you stop being faithful. You, you, you did not deny yourself. And what Jesus is asking us to do is, he says, friends, deny yourself. You need to be faithful to me because you have come after me. Remember, that, that is the key. He who comes after Jesus, he who comes after him, must deny himself. That's what being faithful means. And I know that it is difficult. Let me tell you something. If you start any type of fitness program, it is difficult. I admit it. It is difficult. But it's not impossible. And following Jesus Christ, it requires us to deny ourselves every day. It is difficult, but it's not impossible. The second one is the I and fit. And the I and fit stands for being intentional. Intentional. So when we are intentional here, according to Jesus, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Take up his cross daily. That is an act that has to be done intentionally. You cannot, I mean, you cannot delegate that step to anyone. No one can come and force you to carry your own cross. That, has, that is something that you have to do out of your heart. And the amazing thing about carrying your cross, if we continue on reading down the text, it is that if you try to do this on your own, if you try to, to, to basically to secure your own life on your own, you're not going to succeed. He says, but if you give up your life for me, now you will have success. And for us, that is like, oh, wait a minute, that is, that is confusing. Because our, our instinct is to protect ourselves. Our instinct is to say, well, I don't want to do that because I'm going to be busy. I'm not going to have time to, uh, I'm not going to have time for myself. 
I'm not going to volunteer to do that church program because otherwise I have to deal with people. And what Jesus is saying is, whatever it is, your cross, you must pick it up daily. And that daily exercise of picking up your cross means that you are not in charge. Means that you have to live for Jesus Christ. And often we confuse that with works. I haven't heard Christians say, oh man, you're talking about works. We're saved by grace. No. We're saved by grace, amen, through Jesus Christ who gave it all for us. That is established fact. What I'm talking about here is is that this daily activity is a reinforcement, basically is a reaction from us to Jesus because of what he did for us. He died for us. I am saved, and now I take up my cross. I am being intentional about my Christian life. And there's a lot of Christians that go on through life without being intentional. They're Christian in name only. And Christians are Christians not only in name, but Christians in action. And the action should be intentional. There's a <clears throat> and the, the F stands for faithful, for uh, the, the T stands for teachable. Jesus says, he who comes after me must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Follow me. The, uh, the T in, in fit is teachable. I like the way it says in, in Matthew 28, you know, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, you know, we need to go into the world, make disciples, right? And he says, Jesus says, and teach them all the commands that I've given you. And I personally will confess, I don't really do all the commands that Jesus asked us to do. I don't think none of us do. But that's not the point. The point is to be continually learning, continually being taught. The moment you say, I got it, I don't need to learn anything else, that's the moment you are giving up your teachability. That's the moment you actually begin to stand against the Holy Spirit. And part of the work of the Holy Spirit is that, according to John, is that the Holy Spirit will lead you to all truth. And if you stop seeking truth, if you think that, oh, I've learned it all, I got it. I have been in the church for 60 years, I got it. Now we need to be careful. We need to be careful because then, he says, verse 24, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will save it. That means that we don't do the saving. We do the following. And following Christ in this terrible world in which we live in, in this, battle, in this battlefield, in this battleground, that is nothing but spiritual. And you think about it, it's nothing but spiritual. If we are not fit to wear the armor of God, 
Because I can connect this with the following. Once you're fit to wear the armor, once you're fit for battle, then you wear the armor of God. But you have to be fit. What good is it if you are completely decked up in in the armor of God, but you're not faithful? How good is it if you are completely, you know, wearing all the, the, the breastplate and the helmet and the, and the shoes and carrying the sword? What good is it if you're not being intentional about it? What good is it if, if you have it all and you're standing there, right, like a mighty warrior, but you're on your own because you're not teachable? There's nothing that God can teach you through the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that God can teach you through your fellow members, your fellow followers, your fellow soldiers. That means that you're wearing the armor of God in vain. And we have to be prepared for what the enemy throws our way. We have to be prepared for that. I remember this past summer, we did a mission you know, uh, ever since I went in the Army, I, uh, I've had a dream of uh, jumping out of airplanes while in flight. Call me crazy. And I saw Julio Cortez around here. He was one of the, uh, he, he, served some, he, did some, uh, he served time with the uh, 82nd Airborne Division. And, and, and he was airborne. And I remember that he gave me his old set of wings and, uh, and, and that was one of my motivations in, in, when I went to uh, jump school. And so I've been airborne for five years now. And this past summer, we did a, a massive exercise in Europe. About 25 countries, about 25,000 soldiers. And, and, and so we're doing this massive exercise. And, and part of the exercise, the, the unit that I was with, our, our part of our job was to jump into Romania and, and take over uh, an airfield. And so we go through the you know, battlefield preparations, you know, we, we make sure that, that it's all in place, everything is, is, is good to go, and then you know, the time comes, and, and I think I have some pictures uh, where I'm just sitting there, and then this is, this is the, the airfield for when we're getting ready to, to go. And... You can, you can hardly count them, but there's, 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 there's tons of about, you know, close to uh, 50 aircraft there in that airfield. And, and they're getting ready to load up with troops and, and equipment. And so we're, we're doing this. It's a massive exercise we're doing. And so there I am sitting, getting ready to board the aircraft. Um, and so we're getting ready to jump. And so I'm out there. And... One thing that the, the airborne commander asked me to do was, he says, Chaplain, he says, would you be the first one out the door? <laughs> and I'm like, of course, I'll be the first one out the door. You know, got to lead by example, right? And you can see I'm sweating. So anyways, so, so we're getting ready to go. We load up, we're sitting there in the aircraft. It's about, it's about an hour and a half flight. And it's a night jump. And we're flying, and I'm looking around the aircraft as, so, as soon as the lights come on, and it's like, okay, it's time to go. 
And I'm looking around the aircraft, and I see all these young soldiers, you know, wide-eyed looking at me because I'm standing by the door. I'm the first one out, and they're looking. And the guy behind me was a specialist from Texas. And this kid, this was his first jump out of school. So he only has five jumps, and all jumps that he did was, was at Fort Benning, Georgia. So this is his first jump out of school. And in this jump, we're jumping into a country we have never been to. We were jumping into Romania. We, we left out of Hungary, jumping into Romania. A country we've never been to, jumping into a drop zone that none of us have ever jumped in that drop zone before, and then jumping at night. So you can see how all these things are compounding in these young kids' minds. And they're sitting there, and, and, and this kid is just tumbling, and of course, you know, we're, we're flying. I mean, think about standing in an aircraft, you know, you're holding your static line, and you're standing there. And, and, and at this point, I'm standing right by the door. The door is open, and I got my jump master here, which, by the way, he was, um, he was doubling up as my chaplain assistant. So he's standing there, and he's like, all right, chaps, we got this, we got this. And I'm standing there, I'm looking at the door, and it's pitch black. I just can't see anything. And I'm like, man, <laughs> the things we do for our country. <laughs> and, 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 I'm, and we're standing there, right? And all of a sudden, you know, we see a, a, a road that comes back and a little bit of light. And I said, okay, at least I see a road. You know, and we're standing, we're flying, we're coming in. And, and I'm, I'm looking out, but with my corner of my eye, I'm looking at that light. Because when that light on the door turns from red, from red to green, it's time to go. And right at that moment, that specialist from Texas, he, he stumbles a little bit. I looked at him and says, hey, trust your training. Trust. And he looked at me with a puzzled look. He composed himself, took a deep breath. The light turned green. Green light go. I jumped out that aircraft. And that was just the easy part. The hard part was once you get down to the ground. Now I have to find my unit. I have to, we ended up humping or marching, rock marching, about 10 clicks that night. About, that's about 6.25 miles, about 10 kilometers. With all our equipment, marching in order to find the enemy. The mission turned out to be successful. We took over the airfield. We dispelled the enemy. So it was a success. But as I was flying back to the base, I kept thinking about what we just did. I kept thinking about how long it took to get to the point where I was physically fit for battle. And the question that I keep asking myself is, am I faithful enough? Am I intentional enough? Am I teachable enough? Am I fit to survive the spiritual battlefield in which I find myself day in, day out? And I hope and pray that the answer is yes. 
I hope and pray that as I go through these exercises that, you, you know, you, you, your confidence, you gain that confidence. You, you realize, hey, getting up in the morning and doing that routine of exercising and, and getting that routine of, of fitness is paying off. And so I hope that the same thing, getting up in the morning and doing the, the spiritual routine, the spiritual fitness routine, is also paying off. So, am I fit enough for the spiritual battlefield in which I find myself today? I hope so. How are you doing with that? Let us pray. Heavenly and glorious Father, we stand in awe because all of all the goodness, all the wonderful things that you do for us. We stand in awe because even though we find ourselves in this battlefield, this spiritual battle, we know that you are leading and we are following. And as we have come after you, may we deny ourselves. May we pick up our cross daily. And, Father, that we may follow you all the days of our lives until we see you in glory. I pray for this congregation here in Florida. I pray for uh, Pastor Jeff Patterson, I pray for Pastor Kayla that as they lead this service in this congregation, Father, that you may lead them from on high, give them the power, the wisdom that they need. And Father, to the rest of us, that even though we might be dismissing from this place today, that we may never ever be dismissed from your presence. For it is in the name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen.